Guys, here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at The Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus, shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties, immersive activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Uncanny Experience. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny. Get your tickets now, sugar, at the uncannyexperience.com. Welcome, everyone, to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. And we are joined today by the incredible Cena Grace. Cena, how are you doing? I'm swell. I'm I'm happy. I'm here. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Um, and we pulled you for something that I don't know if you've ever discussed anything from this title anywhere that I've heard you. Um, we tapped you for Mighty Thor, of all things. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, not, I'm not not a Thor fan. I'm just not a Thor fan. You know what I mean? It's, you know, he's just that dude that's always been around and uh, I've certainly picked up issues and and i have i'm like looking at my bookshelf i'm like i think i have like some jason aaron thor um but yeah never never have i ever (laughs) had to speak on thor yeah it's interesting because we get a little slice of what's going on in his world in this issue and i haven't read a whole lot around this time of thor either so i think one of our benchmarks is does this do a good job of making you interested in Thor? And we'll analyze that and answer that later after we go through the issue. Um, because it I think this was pretty new for all three of us. In in the gamut of the annuals that we've seen, some have very little to do with their title character, and some have a lot, like Silver Surfer at one end of the spectrum and the Guardians of the Galaxy at the other end, where they're actually in their own book. But I feel like Thor isn't in this as much. Yeah. So um, why don't we crack into the story if we're all ready? Um, It is a 64 page annual and we have um, a lot to cover, but not a lot to cover. (laughs) So we we open on a great tavern scene. It's very early 90s, like the coloring. There's a lot of purple and bright yellow, some neon greens. Yeah, it's chaotic. That I mean, it's like a Viking party, so there's fighting in the background as well. This is not your Skyrim tavern. No, this is not a chill tavern. This is uh, there is this, this brawl. Th- there's a brawl. There's a poor woman dressed in like a bathing suit. Oh. Like she does not need that cut for uh, tavern maid. <laughs> yeah, um, and the tankards of ale are huge. I feel like the coral dudes in the background, like one's about to pile a uh, power bomb another one through a table. Oh, I can see that happening at this party. It's that type of party. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd go for this vibe at a party. Like 
when it's lit from above by those big flaming cauldrons hanging from the ceiling on chains, it you know you're entering a certain mood or vibe um, when that's their lighting choice. So it, it's a little chaotic for my party needs. <laughs> Sina, it, where, where would you sit in this group scene? There's a lot going on. Like, what? Pick your social group amongst all these. Oh, I'm probably I'm probably like the little impish dude like next to the gigantic red beard guy who has like a lot of like purple armor on him. Oh I'm, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I'm cozying up to that guy who is drinking out of literally like a barrel for a cup. <laughs> it's true. And um, I'm using him as protection so I'm not getting caught in the fight <laughs> behind us. Smart. There's some tavern strategy happening. Yes. Um, you're picking a great defensive strategy rather than <laughs> an offensive strategy. And then we get a mysterious figure in a cloak. I mean... We love a good cloak moment. Yep. And it, it's a tavern. They want a tail because it's drunk Vikings. So... Yes. There is a, no TV in this bar. And this is one of Thor's besties? Like yeah. The the... Warriors three. Yes. He's one third. Yes. Um and the tale begins. We open up because this visitor is obliging. And it's basically raping and pillaging, literally. Like there should be a content warning, and there would be if this were published today. Um, because we get some some dude from a fire realm who way it, back when Muspelheim. Because they're all Heinz. It just rolls off the tongue. It does. <laughs> and I guess, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you go. I was going to say, I like, when I started this, I was really like, his character design is so much better than who the story is actually about. Um, <laughs> you know, never mind the raping and pillaging. I was just like, these first few pages of like, you know, the galloping to and from the pillaging mm -hmm. are so dynamic and cool because they look like like Mike Mignola by way of Walt Simonson. Um, and I, I was very like, oh, I'm into this story. And then and then when you get into what happens next, I was like, oh, and this is what we're following. Yeah, yeah. like it could have been anything. And this is the thread. Um, but I agree, the art is really cool, even with the coloring and the shading of, I guess, these horses from this hell realm. They are uh, fire horses of, yep. of doom. Um, but the, like, the dude's armor does look cool. Like It's a good red and yellow motif. I mean, I'm not sure about the purple, but the... It's power clashing in the 90s. The open <laughs> arms, the jangly belt. Yeah. And they're going to this village and they lay waste to it. And um, then they take back a woman. The sole survivor. Yeah. And she eventually gives birth to Hrynmir, but that's too complicated when Marvel was rolling out the first appearance character trading cards. So they just called him the Flame. Um, because Hrynmir does not roll off the tongue either. It's Hrynmir of Muspelheim. <laughs> it's, it, it's sort of one of those jacked up Skyrim names that you would get where it's like computer generated or in your middle ages yeah. uh, game. So um, 
apparently this child is considered very ugly by the standards of the society in which he is born. So hideous. There's a they immediate, the iron mask situation that happens. They immediately make him like a toddler mask. <laughs> which um, it, It's the same design as he grows up. So I don't know if it's like magic and it grows with him or he just gets like fitted up. It's got to be like an insect. Like you have to have a new mask every time he gets reaches a certain size. Oh, right. I I can see that. So uh, we're going through a lot of internal feelings here. So Cena, what do you feel about Grinmir and his thoughts about himself in the society? I feel like well, maybe I've read enough stories, but I was like, I think I know where this is going. Also, by reading enough stories, it's like. Fantastic Four, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he like this character for some reason was just like I was a, like way less drawn to like whatever was on the table with him, even though like his flame steed has like a a fire. What 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 do you call those things that they put in the horse's oh, mouth? Bridle? Yeah, it's like a fire bridle or whatever. Like. That's cool, but for some reason, I still think his raping and pillaging dad is cooler. And the costume was very, I don't, like, what am I, like, thigh-high boots on a Which boat. are very sharp. Like, if he sits down on that horse, he's going to puncture his abdomen. Like, it's just a very weird metallic costume when everyone else is sort of, like new gods by way of vikings you know what i mean it was mm -hmm. like then this guy's kind of like metal on metal like sinewy metal like what what would you even call all those like middle parts like that's a good point because it's not really chain mail it's not loops it's, it's lines it's strands really and i didn't even realize that his boots were mid thigh and then he's got like underwear trunks briefs happening made of metal like um it it strikes me as very almost cosmic marvel rather than the thor corner of marvel like rom space knight like he would fit in in or, rom or black knight villain yes like black knight in the early 90s villain yeah it was a lot of backstory for a character that like I was like maybe less would be more maybe like letting the reader's imagination take over would be a better deal than sort of having some of this history spelled out for us you know yeah and it's like oh you might want to care about this character just kidding he hates everyone like you oh this poor kid he was bullied and it wasn't accepted and he chose violence literally that was his choice was well i guess no one likes me so i'm gonna fuck him up which is it's like well what's the difference like what like what 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 like what other what other i don't understand what the alternative would have been like people liked you and then you would have gone into the family trade of raping and pillaging <laughs> true yeah he was sort of screwed from the beginning as a character you yeah. bring up a really good point like he was accepted and he pillages or he's hated and he pillages. <laughs> so um, 
he uh, gallops his fire steed with the fire bridle and the fire mane um, all the way into Asgard, where he starts putting towns to the sword. And it it's as bloody as you expect. Yeah, for the it, he's for 93. He's murdering. And can, Odin is real reactive here. He is supposed to be all-seeing, but... I feel like a lot of towns fall before the flame, before he actually takes action. Do you think Odin has a little barometer where he's like, ah, it's not bad enough. Like that needle isn't moving too much up that. So we're literally going to let him ride for a little while. See if it resolves itself. I don't know. If you're the all father, you've got to, you have a higher responsibility, I feel. Uh, Sina, could you describe Odin and how he looks? to the listeners because it it's a look he's real he's real bulky real like gruff santa claus in the face and then again we're back into this like armor of like it's a lot of like orange purple and yellow um and i mean he's again it's like the the art is pretty cool because like his throne is like a piece of yellow shape like it's just like yellow architecture it's not even i don't really quite know what he's sitting on he just sort of sits on a dip in this <laughs> melted like uh no i wouldn't call it like melted ice cream but yeah it's just this big weird yellow shape that he's like perched on um, it's like a big piece of cheese because there's no shading there's sort of shapes but they don't quite make sense for a chair and there's like a fur rug on his stairwell, like leading up to his throne. <laughs> there is. The, the rug has more texture than the throne itself. The throne reminds me of some benches I have at my work where, yes, you can sit on them, but you wouldn't know that you really can. Like, they're just there in their shapes and angular. And you're like, well, I could, but like, maybe if I sit on one, I have to be like weird Barbie and stick one leg up at an angle to really make myself fit. Like... And maybe this isn't his throne, although there is a huge medallion behind his head, which says it. Maybe he just, whatever he sits on is his throne. He just chooses a place to recline. I feel like we've I seen would... it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you go first. I would say, like, as a person who has drawn comics, I feel like maybe this is, like, the artist doesn't actually, like, can't, like, because this is in the 90s, so this is before you have the internet, much less, like, very good email. Um, so I feel like this guy, like, probably can't wrap his head around, like, what Asgard is like. And, is like, had just looked at a few things and is sort of, like, vamping and just kind of like, okay, yeah, like, I think it's these shapes. And I'm just going to kind of fill the space. Like, you really have no sense of where anyone is when we're like properly in Asgard like it's very strategic framing and very like you know like implying that there's more without actually like you look any which way and like the background is not speaking to like a larger set that makes sense yeah and in general I'd say Asgard and all the art in this main story is very trippy like it is it's giving me 70s Marvel vibes, like Doctor Strange in the 70s vibes, specifically. And we've seen some annuals where 
it seemed like the arch was incomplete. And I wonder if that's what happened to the throne. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they were busting out 27 annuals within the space of like four months. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, because Gordon said it was in the summer. So. Yep. Um, so Odin is like, Thor, take care of this dude. Go after him. I'll even give you my very special horse. <laughs> Here's my horse. Um, he's real powerful. I mean, the horse looks like it has eight legs. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there are too many legs drawn onto that horse, perhaps. Maybe it does. And maybe it does. It's a very buff horse. It did not skip leg day. No, this horse lifts. Um, Budweiser wishes it had these horses to draw its gigantic tankards of ale. Oh, I do like seeing the horses at the Clydesdales at the State Fair. Mm. That's always fun. So uh, he departs, and you're right, Odin's real bulky. Um, he does a lot of sitting in his time, it appears. Um, he's a badass staff. And a very dangly like belt skirt thing and then thor's like okay thanks dad bye i didn't get a whole lot of like what's special about this outside of like there's flames and murdering go deal with it yeah i think that's it nothing really stood out as terribly special there's a lot of like people saying how bad this person is there's a lot like because then what happens next is like he goes to you know a pillaged village and you get this is a this is a trope like lone surviving child, <laughs> and uh, it takes the trope even further where it, you get more background on sort of like what's gone on, and the trope continues as he puts the child on the horse and is like, "Go back to Odin, see yourself to safety." And I'm like, "This is very Lord of the Rings Two Towers, where it's like, go find the king and tell him how bad it is." Oh, with those two kids and one falls off the horse once they get there yes yeah yeah i mean everyone's falling down in those movies hmm. um, so then the whole thing of the horse is just rendered pointless because he's like and now i'm gonna go fly with my hammer <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're a lot quicker by sky yeah a he's big deal is made out of it and then it's just gone yeah he finds Rinmir and tosses um mjolnir at Hrynmir, oh god, um, so many E vowel sounds. I mean, you're the, the Scandinavian studies major. True. Um, had to learn this shit. Um, we did not <laughs> learn about the flame in any of those courses. Did I have to analyze ABBA music videos? Yes. Um, but we did not cover Thor comics. <laughs> I mean, hopefully the flame horse is okay. Mjolnir comes down right in front of it. Yeah. And then we don't see it again. It's just gone. And we get more amorphous backgrounds where it's just flames and embers. It's like that lava planet and in Lego Star Wars that we failed so many times. And pastels. <laughs> Don't forget pastels in the background. Oh. Um, pastels on a lot uh, in lava, you know. Mm hmm. There's such a lot of contrasting colors. Like it's very third grade color wheel. If you have purple, you need to have yellow next to it. I, I won't reach out to Tom Vincent and let him know that, it is, <laughs> that his choices in this book were very third grade color wheel. No, I mean, like, it's very, <laughs> like, a, like you say, like, it's very 90s and very, like, 90s clashing of, like, you must have yeah. contrasting colors nearby. 
true yes like opposite side of the color wheel you're like yeah if there is a red there must be yes a lot of blues therefore there's a lot of orange giving the lava vibes Mm -hmm. they have a battle do we need to say much about what happens within the battle though it's pretty like standard battle stuff i think it's like you know one deals a blow says something another deals a blow says something it's not, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing inventive about it. I mean, the one thing that's actually interesting is like, I don't like Milner is like tiny in some panels, like, like a mallet almost. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Which I, you know, I, I never, I never really like envisioned Milner as like gigantic, but you know, bigger than, bigger, bigger than like a little kitchen hammer. Yeah. So yeah, the fights be whatever, and then and then you get the the great unmasking, you know, okay. like the very dramatic on top of like you know a tower of rocks. Mm. You have to have a good plinth, and then we see that he's not only evil; he's an evil hottie, and literally flaming hot. And Thor's <laughs> like it dude you're you're kind of cute and he's like what i am (laughs) no you just stop making fun of me (laughs) big jerk you're gonna die for saying i'm attractive and um and then the word tosses him off a cliff into into some lava volcano yeah he's like okay bye I didn't know Asgard was so renowned for its volcanoes, but they found some caldera they, to throw him into. They found one. It's a very, it's a full spread, full page spread, and it's very dramatic as he's being launched. Ooh, in who drew those feet as he's plunging? We fell. <laughs> those, those are some tiny feet. Oh, it's a. It looks also a little like. Like the the fall looks a little like, you know, especially with his line of like, then tis better to burn than play the fool for your lord. Better to burn. It's like almost like he's like happy to die. Um, at that point, like mm. life has just been completely rewritten, um, before his very eyes. And yeah, so then, uh, and the seething cauldron swallowed him without trace. So it's such a weird like. Here's the life and times of like a pointless character. <laughs> Yes. And uh, I forget who we were talking to in one of our previous episodes. Um, I think it was Steve Fox. And he said, this would have been more successful. Like we, you introduce a new character and Cena, you've done this before. You need mm-hmm. to know where the character is going next. Like if you're just given the charge for an annual like this and you're like editorial mandate, you need a new character and there's no plan for your new character will appear in these three tiles. Like we have it planned where this character may go. It's hard then to do something meaningful with them to say, okay, well, Grinmir introducing here and then in six months going to come back for an arc with Thor or something like that. No, what's better though is to bring them back in your own annual. Right, because that's what, like, am I getting this right? Like, the next story is just that's the flame coming back, right? Yeah, and I so, was so uh, 
by that. I was like, what? Um, (laughs) So Thor makes it rain. So it like hardens the lava and really seals Hrynmir in. Is this after, episode wise, is this after the Ghost Rider one? Yes. It's a very, he got the rigor mortis treatment. Yeah, rigor mortis. Trapped in stone. Yep. So we then we go back to the tavern where it's raining outside and we see that the person telling the tale was Hrynmir himself, the flame. And walks off into the downfall. He, he has a very moody emo moment as he's like, I'm just going to walk in the rain a while. Like we've all been there. I mean, at least the warrior third who's there is like, oh yeah, that is a really good story. Um, way, way to bring the vibe down though in the tavern. <laughs> Mm, it was not a happy tale. It seemed like you said the next story, Brynmir bursts out of the rock. The flame has been rekindled. And uh, who's waiting there but Loki? Um, and Loki's like, hey, is this your mask? I found it. Like, how? Where did this mask come from? Um, Hrynmir is colored differently? Like he's pink? Yeah. Got, maybe the, got, oh, go ahead. Oh, maybe it's daytime, so the the steel parts are shinier, and that's why they're white and yeah. very pale gray. And I was talking like the skin color, even. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his skin's almost like uh, pink. Yeah. It's not kind of pink, it just is pink. Yeah. And it's weird because Ron Mars wrote both of these stories, so... You would think that, I mean, it's like, it's it's written and most likely edited by the same person, like the same people. So like, what, what happened here? Like, why, why did it get so inconsistent <laughs> so fast? Yeah. Maybe he just got a little singed. Maybe. But, but it's not his eyebrows, so. Oh, true. Well, we see his hair is basically fireproof because it's back on fire. Flame. Yes. He puts the mask back on. And he's like, Loki, I don't want any of your bullshit. Yeah, I think not. Again, farewell. Yeah. And he's like, don't bother me again or I'll kill you. And Loki tries to tempt him. He's like, wait, wait, wait. What if I appear to you as a dragon or a hot 90s chick? Will this change your mind? With a handkerchief? What about as like a Thor and you can kill me. Look, I'm turning into dead Thor. It's just a really weird situation. Yeah. It's it's temptation by way of Loki. And um then finally the thought of revenge on Thor is what sways him. So I don't know why this backup story exists because he's obviously like he went to a tavern and told a story we saw previously like he was just driven to kill so uh, i don't see him as like the tavern going type needing that anymore and he didn't have the mask in the tavern telling the story yeah like if what happened between him swearing allegiance to loki and the tavern and the tavern it's weird it that it's again a weird story because it's like ron mars you like, unless that was a story for something else that they shoved into this, maybe. But again, it's like he had control over everything. Why Why did he do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Then our final backup story is Beta Ray Bill in Stormbreaker. So he has his Stormbreaker, um, which is like half axe, half hammer. I This is my first Beta Ray Bill story. And I keep forgetting that he's supposed to be a horse and not a goat. Basically. Mm. He's from a race of horse people. The equine features are are very odd to me. But he seems to be living his best life. Yeah. yeah. And this is just a cool, like, rainy battle. Like, that's all... I mean, it's really cool looking. It's way better than uh, the battle with the flame earlier. And this is the same artist as the first story. Like, it's... You get a better sense of place, almost. Yeah. And he's like... Yeah. It, and he's confronting, oh, what's the name? Um, it's a guy who's making it rain because Thor isn't there to control everything. Yeah, so he can finally live his best life and send out all these gigantic storms like he's meant to do mm -hmm. without any interference, except Beta Ray Bill is there to tamp it down so it's not quite a deluge in the same way mm -hmm. that, and not as destructive. And uh, this guy is like, no, like I'm feeling myself... I'm making it rain because I want it to. And Thor, yeah. I do like the line of, I too possess the power of Thor. And it's <laughs> like, good for you, Beta Ray Bill. Way to, yeah. way to own it. We are all um, Thor. <laughs> and he, he wins. He kicks the, the dude's ass. And he uh, calms the storm. I really like the second to last panel. The transition Herb from the paid. storm to the starry skies. Yeah, where he's basically just dissipating everything and it's a clear starry night behind him. I think that's a really cool piece of art. Yeah. Fun fact, it's uh, at the time of the recording, the Perseids are happening now. So, oh. except it was storm. I think like it was cloudy and rainy last night. Yes. So we didn't would not have an opportunity. Also, you have to get up before dawn, I guess, to see the Perseids. I'm, and... I'm not doing that for some space rocks. <laughs> That's what it is. Are for. <laughs> and uh, uh, Beta Ray Bill, the last page is just him shining in the sunlight. So it was a fun little backup story. Um, it gives you that slice of life within a Thor comic. And I didn't know anything about Beta Ray Bill, so that was fun. And so the true test, does this title make you want to read more Thor? Cena, you first. Do you want to read more Thor from this era? No. Okay. <laughs> so it did not do the job that an annual should back then, which is selling people on the title. Yeah, well, because it just spent all this time on a character that doesn't matter and you don't learn about Thor. And then it was very like, you know, stock. It was just a very like small. I don't know. It was very weird. The beta, I mean, it made me care more about like Beta Ray Bill. I was like, everyone looks like they're having more fun doing a Beta Ray Bill story. And that is something we've seen in other backup stories where we're like, we like the backup story more than we like the actual main story. Yeah. We liked Rigor Mortis more than we liked Ghost Rider. Yeah. So it, and that's not the first time that happened. And there, that wasn't even the, that was a backup story. It was. Yeah, back. and Rigor Mortis wasn't even the main trading card new character. No, so but I do I remember who that person was? Absolutely not. Night Terror. <laughs> oh, Night Terror. Night Terror. 
the vampire. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, Philip, do you want to read more Thor because of this? No, I'm with Cena. I want to read more Beta Ray Bill. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Beta Ray Bill created by Walt Simonson um, during his pretty legendary run on Thor. Um, and this is annual number 18. Yeah. So Thor's been around uh, since the beginning of the modern Marvel universe, like 1963. He was in Journey into Mystery, then it transitioned into being called the Mighty Thor. Is that why some of these stories seem more generic? Like, if he's been around that long, it's harder to create something more novel? Yes. Um, and that's why uh, wonky things have happened with the Thor character throughout the years. Like, oh. um he died for a while. That I mean, Beta Ray Bill took the place of Thor, ah. doing the Thor duties um, in the 80s. And you had uh, Throg. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, and and where Cap? Or Cap? He, yes. I, Cap, I, I, Cap, I, Cap Wolf. Oh, for, close, close enough. Yes. So they, uh, they tried to innovate things with the characters. You get Thunderstrike around the same time who is like the new Thor. Oh. Um, but he's just a grungy dude with a ponytail. So oh. so 90s. Yes, very 90s. Um, so a so fanboy moment. So with the character as that's been around as long as Iceman, the series that you did with him was super new and exciting. Yeah. Um it there are ways to innovate with a character. If you had to innovate with Thor, Cena. Um, and it could be now or it could be back then. What would you do? What twist would you give him? I mean, like hearing all this, it's I the thing that I'm sticking on is like I never I always thought of Thor as like an individual lone character. And it's like, no, Thor is like Thor was doing Bat Family. <laughs> you know, like Thor is Bat Family. And I was like, oh. So I don't know, I would, I mean, yeah, and it's also, I think you go into the, like, it's supposed, it's supposed to be sort of uh, this form of, of mythology. And I think it's kind of fun when you get him silly. So I don't know, I'd probably just put him on an odyssey because I, I, you know, I, I get really bad at this stuff or if I'm not a super master of all the dynamics, I would just, you know, like I, I would fail on upon launch but um the main thing i do is just avoid loki because like as you see in this story it's like loki can be real fucking boring and real obvious and i think the only reason loki takes off in the mcu is because like tom hiddleston is just so captivating as the character like mm. you, you know you're hat you're all you're more than happy to just fall for his tricks time and time again because he's just so good at it um yeah i don't know i'd probably or i'd make him like fuck storm or something i don't know <laughs> just, like, Ooh. Just, go real curveball and be like i don't know let's just put these two together and see what happens <laughs> fair enough that'd be interesting or have like some sort of buddy comedy with the two of them on an odyssey like yeah storm god storm goddess in a chariot drawn by an eight-legged horse the hijinks that ensue it writes and draws itself, so it I don't. Have to... <laughs> um, 
And the other question is about Krynmir, the flame, the new character. Do you want to see more of Krynmir? Philip first. I didn't think he was terribly compelling. Okay. The whole, like, I'm going to go murder and burn things doesn't seem that great. Like, there's not a lot of development there. Yeah. And you can't really walk back the development. Like, it right off the bat, like, the third page that he's in is murder. Like, you can't... There is a, a very small window in which you could thread the needle and be like, oh, well, before he went all murdery, but after he was bullied for his entire childhood there was like this little tiny story to tell like i don't know if there'd be like some sort of parental vengeance thing that he could go on to find his own inner peace or like mm. his own reason for being other than just anger and revenge okay i don't know i just I, had to play more into it yeah i was like for character development so yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't much like that character i'd, I'd rather like yeah, the dad come back in somehow, and I don't know. The it's it it's like better when there isn't a reason for why you're a raper and pillager. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there were many soap opera layers immediately with this character. There's just so much that it would be hard to separate that or even reboot the character. Like unless you had like son of Hrynmir. No. Um, Krynmirson and uh, takes up the mantle and is going around with a redemptive arc. Like I, my father did so much evil, yeah, with this title that I'm going to do the reverse and do good and try to make up for it and go after my scum bucket grandpa and murder. Yeah, that'd him. be cool. Yeah, that'd be like the the Kill Bill sequel we've all been told will one day come with all the kids. Um, oh kill beta ray bill um, there you go there that's what i would do um does this character to your knowledge ever come back like do they ever do anything with loki being like hey you want to be my pawn for a day i don't think so i think rinmir is a one and done first oh. appearance character come on ron mars what were you thinking that so many of these new characters don't even make it out of their own annual yeah, and um, this character... Oh, one second. I'm uh, looking it up in real time. There are three appearances. Um, but I think the other two are just... Uh, one is in Thor Annual 19, a year after this, and I think he is just referenced. Oh. And then he is in Thor Volume 282. I did look this up. Um, which is from... Let me look up the year real quick. It is, ooh, it looks like a fill-in issue because I don't recognize the writers. It's in the 2000s. And all that happens is that Thor is thinking about things. It's the legacy numbering for the issue is 584, which okay. means it's uh, Thor disassembled is the arc. And all that happens is he is reminiscing about how he killed Hrynmir. So, like, there's a one-panel flashback where Hrynmir is dead. And that's it. That's so not even, like, the ones who only show up in Civil War. Oh, I mean, the characters that we've seen show up in Civil War get done so dirty because they just needed bodies for that mill. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> oh, we we need some 
Z-list characters that are just going to get murdered. So, <laughs> like, yeah, the in the saddest possible way, where you're like, oh, we have this intellectual property that we don't want anymore. So, you're dead. Oh. Um, is at least killed in his own title of Thor, That's but then true. brought back. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the getting brought back part that I'm like, why did you do that? Yeah, <laughs> like you could have. And we've seen in other annuals that we've reviewed where the backup stories don't relate at all. Like they are in a drawer somewhere. They're like, we need an eight page story. We have one that we paid for in 1989. Let's drag it out, put it in this annual. I and like I, those better. I like when they're not, because that's a sampling of what the universe brings you. You know what I mean? Like that's a way to get into a book is like, oh, here are three different perspectives or takes on. Oh this character in this world and like dive in let us know if you like want to see more because we have 387,000 issues over there <laughs> yeah and it, i think we've seen it i'm trying to think of specific issues like cosmic marvel does it a lot where it's like oh here's the main story for um was that silver surfer where he, silver surfer's left behind fixing the mom's house while the yes. character goes off yes and then the backup story are these two Harold's chatting yes so then you get a slice of like uh, what else is going on in cosmic marvel yeah. like the movers and the shakers and you get a little slice of that stuff so i'm with you Cena. i don't know why the sec the first backup story but second hrinmir story in this book exists because you resurrect him for a loki story that it doesn't actually take place yeah like it doesn't make sense with logically with what the first story was it, yeah there are two ships in the night sailing <laughs> past one another and how they are telling the story yeah and so disappointing i'm glad we picked this one that's better to pick a weird one than like uh yeah and everything was great 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 annual everybody <laughs> yeah i think each annual you can see the pressure that the office was under at the time where it was all hands on deck um there are issues where you have a half dozen pencilers on the main story because they just needed to get it done. It was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it the so, Namor one where it changed every three or four pages? Yeah. Namor is a great example of that where it is a different artist at least every three to four pages, if not one to two pages. Like it was so cobbled together. So um, it, it was a, uh, a rough time i'm sure when the pressure was on and um gordon purcell while we were recording with him whipped out his folder that he had while he was drawing the wonder man annual that has everything he has all the documentation including the memo from tom defalco like laying out all oh, the requirements wow. for the annuals line wide so um it was definitely an editorial mandate and they did the best they could and created some new characters and uh, the flame will um, live in infamy. The flame sort of sputtered. Yeah, the flame got doused. <laughs> Long live the flame. Yes. Well, Cena, thank you so much for joining us today. This is coming out in mid-September. So okay. what would you like folks to look out for from uh, you? What's coming up? Oh, literal, in literal weeks, when this comes out, I will have a, for the, for the other guys, I'll have a Superman graphic novel uh, called The Harvests of Youth, 
that comes out October 3rd. I wrote and drew it. So I'm very proud. It's my, my little baby. And uh, here's hoping that there are a handful of new characters and let's hope that, you know, some of them uh, last longer than the flame. <laughs> here's hoping. I am so looking forward to that. I am not a Superman reader, but I am going to read that um, because I know that you're going to take it in a different direction like the superman to me seems sort of like thor like been around a long time um but i know that your proven record with characters and making them so dynamic and intriguing i know i'm going to love it i mean i'll take that compliment and i'll also say it's like you know my superman books on my shelf are like Superman for all seasons, Superman birthright, Superman red sun. And so I definitely made this to sit with those books where you are going to get, you know, kind of a standalone Superman story that isn't mired in uh, decades of lore, you know, which is like fun. But I think I think the best Superman stories can actually kind of like really exist on their own also all-star superman sorry sometimes you have to like look at your bookshelf and remind yourself like all oh, right, right that one too <laughs> yeah yeah and is congratulations in order on uh rockstar and softboy in space is oh. that newish or is that yeah it came it's... out in february but that's it's it's new to me and we should just talk about it because it's a great book everyone should read rockstar and softboy and rockstar and softboy go to space it's uh just about two best friends and their uh sort of magical realism antics like the world is just there's like it's a world where you know monsters exist but uh they're so blase about it it's kind of it's almost like bojack horseman-esque in that way it's so much fun to read those and people should seek those out as well um and we hope that we get more of that i have um one of your original pages from the first one that was cut yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I, I I redrew the first book. Like it was, I, I was hand drawing it, and then at a certain point, I was like, "This isn't working," and redid the whole thing. And then for people who really cared about it, I just put like a few out in the world and was like, "Here, someone." Will, yeah. Thank. By the way, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. It's a right across the room, hanging in the living room. So, right. yeah, it's right above the record player. So vibes. Those pages have good vibes on them. So it's good do. energy. Mm -hmm. Next to next to Baywatch Ken. Yeah, uh, oh, next yeah. to original Baywatch Ken sketch from Anna Maria Cool, who did Barbie comics for Marvel. So very good company on that one. I was going to say best company. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then where can people find you if they want to see what's new as you create more things? Yeah, the, I mean, the nice thing about uh, this name my mom gave me is it's pretty easy to stake your your claim on the internet. So just my name, cenagrace.com, or I'm mainly like my favorite thing is Instagram. So at cenagrace there, but I'm on all the other ones too. By the time this comes out, there'll be three new apps and two apps will have disappeared. So why, why say the names? Just True. look up at cenagrace. <laughs> we can do that. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Tune in next week. We will have a brand new annual and maybe a character as memorable as the flame. One can only hope. Yes. Stay well. See you later. Bye. Bye.